Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Reason Chocolate Chew. Intense chocky toffee experience. You don't need a reason to buy one. Hang on, no, no, you do need a reason. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. I look at them today as well and tell you how I feel about them as a man in his 40s. This week, I'm looking at the song Childhood's End, which is track 5 on the Fear of the Dark album. Now last week, I did an episode on Fear is the Key, because that's the song before. I had some comments on that show. I had a message from Ricky Stormgren, and he said, Can you stop going on about the Osborne Booker growing up please? I think you're overdoing it, and uh, maybe give it a rest. That's all very well, but this episode is about a song called Childhood's End, so I think that book might come in useful. I had a message from Overlord, and he said that I was doing a bit of rambling in the last episode, going on and on about nothing in particular. Now, this sounded like a criticism, but he then went on to say, this was quite good because it reminded him of Bruce's singing style in that particular song, and he says that he really likes how the podcast imitates the song each episode in an artistic sense, like a parallel. Well, it's not that. It's not high art. It's That's not what... I'm just a man sitting in his mum's spare bedroom asking you to listen to me talking about Iron Maiden. That's to coincide with last week's episode. I did an extra long tweet or message on social media where I put a list of questions about the song, the sort that you see other people on Twitter do when they want some sort of interaction. Now, I asked people if Fear is the Key was in the top three songs on the album to them. Most people didn't put it in the top three songs of the album. And some people, instead of saying no, like Johnny Blade the previous week, they actually gave me an alternative top three, which was interesting. But I'm not going to read all of those out, because I haven't got the time, really. And uh, I suppose I can hear you moaning. Oh, he's just like those people he mocked on Twitter who ask those questions and then run away and don't address the answers, don't discuss them. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not running away. I'll read some of the other answers out instead. I also asked people if they'd seen any shows on this tour, and most people hadn't. Um, Some people were boasting that they were too young to see this show, which I didn't like, although I suppose it's good that I appeal to younger people. Some people mentioned that they'd been to see them at Donington 92, which was good, and uh, Chris Morton said that he went to a half-full gig at the King's Hall in Belfast. So yeah, good responses. But the question that most interested me was what sweets were you eating when you first heard this song? or album. And this is good because this gave me a great cross-section of what my listeners like or what they liked in 1992. Some people said they were probably eating crisps instead, which was exciting, but I did ask about sweets. Listen to this list. I had Skittles, Crunchy, Double Decker, Minstrels, Refreshers, the blue ones, and Snickers. And then I had Reese's Buttercups and a Fudge. So this is great. A great mix of confectionery. I then asked about people's fears, and once again I got an interesting cross-section of society, because this of course doesn't relate to 1992, maybe things you were scared of in 1992, you're not scared of now. I had dogs, other people's handwriting, climate change, big spiders, and a sweat glove. Now I'm not going to go into detail about what a sweat glove is, but the person who mentioned that, basically, they once had a dream, and it never came true luckily, but this caused a fear. And finally, I asked what 
people's favourite key was. And uh, I had, a, again, a range of answers. Someone said the Skeletor key. That was Joey Peterson. That was fun. Um, someone said Chubb or Yale. Interesting, they focused on two of the main brands there, none of the independents or, or the lesser-known brands. But, yeah, that's fair enough. Then, then I had people talk about music. I had several about minors, E minor, A minor, D minor. Someone just said C. Um, and someone said Alan Key. So uh, that was an interesting one. And I don't think he's famous, so maybe he was a pen friend. A bit like my pen friend, Alan Lucas, who didn't live very far away. Now, after specifically mentioning The Metal Voice as an account that did these questions in tweets, I was pleased to see they actually did one on the day the episode came out. So it proved my point. But the reason they did it was because they did a list of questions about this album, Fear of the Dark, because it celebrated 30 years anniversary this last week. And it's funny, isn't it, that we didn't get a special limited edition cassette for this one, like we did with The Number of the Beast. I wonder why that is. Right, well, childhood's end. That's what we're looking at this week. And uh, if you've been paying attention, you'll know that I'm probably going to mention that this was also the title of a Marillion song. Yeah, once again, that link I made in titles in the 90s. Um, but some of you will be quick to say, well, actually, Wayne, it was also the title of a Pink Floyd song before that. So that's interesting, isn't it? I also have to point out that it was also a book title by Arthur C. Clarke, you may remember, did a TV show called Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, which I've mentioned a couple of times before. Now, Don McIntyre pointed out last week that Fear is the Key was a book by Alistair MacLean, who also wrote Where Eagles Dare, so that's an interesting link. Now, Steve Harris mentioned the film title in his diary, but I think it's right to assume that he might also have read the books as well as seen the films, because if you think about Dune, he wrote To Tame a Land before that film came out, so he must have read the book. And there isn't a film for Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or a TV series, so it's not all about the telly, is it, or the films? So Steve Harris reads books. Let's hear the song. Now this intro sounds like it might have been written by Dave Moore. It's got a similar sort of feel to some of his songs. It's quite nice, a bit of symbols there. But then we get this drilling drop that sort of just pounds along. Um, a guitar riff and then some cinematic synths. Sounds a bit like a computer game. I can imagine playing the platform game to this. Maybe you know, jumping about, maybe shooting things or collecting things. Then it kicks in with a verse. It's got a standard Iron Maiden flavour, so all right so far. First lines are, I'd sail across the ocean, I'd walk a hundred miles. Now that's similar to the song by the Proclaimers called I'm Gonna Be, open brackets, 500 miles, close brackets. Which has got the same intro as the Parchment. <laughs> All of these links, all of these clues that we've had all along that tie things together. Now the lyrics talk about emotions, he wants to see a smile, but then he talks about seeing sadness, anger and fear in their faces. And their faces must be the children, I suppose. Out of the verse, it goes back into that drilling computer game bit. No hope. No life. 
And the lyrics are, no hope, no life, just pain and fear. Now if those lyrics were written by Joy Division, the press would be going crazy, they'd be loving it. I think I said this exact thing about the opening line of Innocent Exile in that episode. But as that's one of the episodes with the fewest downloads, I doubt you've heard it. So I'll say it again and seem like I'm clever and original. The lyrics for Innocent Exile were written by Steve Harris, and so were these in Childhood's End. I'm not sure I like this drumming section. I feel it goes on a bit and it's a bit repetitive. And Sometimes, you know, it's okay to start with, but when you've got too much of something, it gets a bit annoying, doesn't it? The next verse goes off into some more emotions and feelings, uh, which are also negative, and include things like starvation and hunger and suffering. Now, these emotions aren't covered in the Osborne book of growing up, um, so you know, not all children have these. It's not a normal thing in puberty. But he does go on to say what the cause is of all this. The agonies of all-out war. And then we get that drumming bit again. Now, I don't see how this can be the chorus. I was tricked a bit in Fear is the Key, um, when I thought a certain part was the chorus, but it turns out it wasn't. And I'm thinking the same here. Sort of this drumming bit isn't the chorus. Maybe there'll be something else. But it actually is the chorus. Fortunately, there's a bit of a change, although it does go on a bit. And then we get a solo. I'm not sure it quite follows what came before, but it's nice enough, and it gets better as it goes on. Then we get this sort of Celtic feel, and I can see a potential for a jig here. Maybe, maybe that's what Yannick would do. It sounds a bit like Big Contra, and then we get some sort of synth. quite pleasant I suppose, maybe it symbolises the wistful passing of childhood. The final verse puts everything into context. These childhoods are ending due to war and power, so these children have to grow up fast. And then he says, we take these things for granted, but somewhere someone's dying. And this struck a chord with me, as I sat there on a Sunday afternoon playing on my Amiga computer and waiting for my mum's Sunday roast. I'd got it lucky. Unless it was parsnips, I didn't like parsnips. The song ends quite suddenly. No Actually, that section where he says childhood's end, it seems to speed up a bit as he says it, as if the band are keen to get it over with. Overall, I don't think it's that good. Uh, I don't think it does enough. And it's a bit like the songs on No Prayer for the Dying. There's several ideas in it, but none seem to be properly explored. As I said at the top of the show, Marillion had a song called Childhood's End, as did Pink Floyd, and the lyrics in those songs weren't as direct as this. In the Marillion song, the question was asked if childhood really does end, because as adults, we might still get the same thrill as we did when we were a child, even though we might be middle-aged, we may feel young. And the Pink Floyd lyrics are more about a reflective view of how life is passing, so quite different to this song. So has childhood ended for me? We might say I'm quite obsessed about it due to this podcast and the themes, but I still feel young. I might not be able to keep up with Paul Diano when I'm jogging, but I know what crunk is. I think we all like thinking about our childhood. To some it's where you were most happy, 
you know, financial worries were whether you bought a toffee crisp or a packet of Panini football stickers. Maybe we reflect on our actions and how it shaped who we are today and those people we encountered in the past, how they might have helped us look at ourselves. Even Caroline Blissett. My mum's friend Christine said that you're an adult when you move out of your parents' house and settle down with your own family, but I don't know about this. The song wasn't played live and I'm not surprised really because it's quite a funny tempo, it's a bit stop-start and what are you going to do during that drumming chorus bit? There's a sort of a chant feel to the vocals, so you might feel that the crowd could all sing it and shake their fists in a, in a positive way, but the sentiment of the words is a, it's a bit grim. Maybe you could spin around in time to it. Talking of dance. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Hello, I'm Yannick Gers from Iron Maiden, and welcome to another Getting Jiggy With It. I went to the dentist the other day. I don't like him poking around in my mouth with all them bits. I try to think about other things to take my mind off it. Like sandwiches, or Iron Maiden, or dance. And this time, I came up with a new dance move. Now you may have heard of a dance called the floss, but that's a load of shite, and there's no link to the dentist. I'm going to call this one the scale and polish. First, move your hand as if you're scraping the plaque off your gums. It's a more aggressive version of the stroke in a cap move. Make a fist and move your hand up and down. In some dance circles, this might be seen as a gentler version of the window cleaner. Don't do it near your face though. Stretch them arms out. Walk round in a circle like you're going round a patient in the dentist chair. Carry on scaling while you're walking. Maybe alternate the legs and arms. Right arm, left leg. Left arm, right leg. Then we need to get to the polish. I like the polish at the dentist. It's all tickly and it tastes nice. For the dance, we need to spin like we are the polishing gadget. Do your hands first. Spin them into fists like you're grinding herbs. Then let the spin grow into your whole body. Think of your head as the brush and then move your body about to help your head get in between them teeth. Oh yeah, polish them teeth. Remember to keep your hands interesting. You can keep them by your side to emphasise the movement. Or flap them about. Mix it up a bit. And remember, you can never fail with a polish and scale. I'll see you next time for more Getting Jiggy With It. Getting Jiggy With It. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring, see what he's been up to. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've been uh, watching Eurovision, of course, this last week. Oh, good. Uh, what, do you watch the semi finals as well? Yeah, the final was last night. I'm so surprised you're up. Were you up late watching it? Yeah, it's alright. I can take it. I hope you've had time for a poem. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not a good sound, is it? Anyway, should we talk about Eurovision then? Let's get that out of the way first. So what do you think about the UK then? Well, yeah. We can take heart from that performance. Put us back on track and something we can build on for the future. Nobody expected us to get much out of it, but we need to aim towards being the best in Europe. Why are you talking like a football manager? I'm not. Oh, so this awesome way, as if you know, you're part of it. You weren't involved. Yeah, I know. Just saying, we, we're part of the UK. I oh, see so France didn't do very well. No, but they took a risk and that's good. You've got to respect that. Like, I take risks in my art. OK, well, anyway, Childhood's End. We're talking about an Iron Maiden song in an Iron Maiden podcast. So uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I quite like it. Um, bit different. Um, I suppose I'm not that excited by it. Yeah, quite serious themes. I thought my childhood was serious, but 
This takes it to another level, doesn't it? Well, yeah, well, I suppose you've heard some of your childhood memories before. Yeah, I've mentioned a few, but they don't have to be memories, do they? You could carry on doing them. I mean, you know, running around the garden, I've mentioned that a bit, but that doesn't have to end. Uh, I can still do it. And if people look out the window and see me, I can just pretend I'm chasing a cat. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you should just have a line, child to adult. You know, you can still do silly things as an adult. And you can still do things you did as a child. I saw a paper boy the other day, and he must have been about 60. Okay, well, yeah, fair enough. And yeah, I still do things I did back then. I still listen to Iron Maiden. I still watch The Sound of Music at Christmas. I still eat egg custards from the baker's shop. You mean the baker? What? You don't have to say the baker's shop. You can just say the baker. Well, whatever. I still get egg custards. I still like them. I still get that thrill. Sometimes I make a mess and I don't care. What sort of mess? Like spilling it down your top? Yeah, sometimes. Or I might just get it around my mouth and not notice and catch the bus and then I you know, might wonder what that is and then lick my lips. And then, yeah, there's a bit of egg custard from earlier. I you know, wonder why people are looking at me funny. OK, well, you know, just, I don't think we need this detail, do we? Um... Well, you don't have to keep picking up on things like baker's shop. That's all you do. You're just picking up on negatives. Trying to belittle me. I know some comments on Twitter about you ruining my dreams as T-Rev. Well, it wasn't me, was it? I didn't ruin your dreams. I just pointed out there were were at least two other T-Revs. So that put a stop to it. You can't just... You know, if there was another Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast, I'd be in trouble, wouldn't I? Yeah, well, it's disappointing. But uh, I suppose it's good. I can always do something else creative, can't I? What, like Stitchford in Bloom? No, I mean music things. Probably time to do something different. I might do a free podcast. Well, this one's free, isn't it? People don't pay for it unless it's an exclusive behind-the-scenes episode available on Ko-Fi. No, I mean a free podcast. This is free. People might pay a subscription to Spotify or something, but to hear this, another podcast, there's no charge. I'm not raking it in. No, a free podcast. I don't think there is a free podcast. What are you going on about? A podcast about the band Free. Steve Harris was a fan. I might call it Trevor's Free Podcast. Yeah, but then people would think it's free. Well, it would be. Yeah, I know, but they won't know it's about free. But it says Trevor's Free Podcast. Yeah, but they, they might think it's about anything, like a, a free-for-all. Well, they'd know from the graphics. Okay. Or maybe a Marillion Podcast. I like them more. Yeah, maybe. Or you could call it... Trevor's really amazing Marillion podcast. What? Tramp. No, it wouldn't have an acronym. That's silly. You can't do another podcast anyway. You do this one. Yeah, but it's your podcast, as you keep saying. Maybe you could do poetry on my Marillion podcast. Be a guest. No, thank you. You, 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 need, you keep chopping and changing. You need to settle down. Yeah, but sometimes I get restless. I have ideas. One time I was bored before I even began. Okay, so yeah, you just mentioned poetry, but on a Marillion podcast that doesn't exist. Um, so, have you got a poem this week, or have you just been watching Eurovision and forgot about it? No, I've done a poem. Obviously about the themes of the song, Childhood's End. Okay, let's hear it then. Those hazy mists of morning reveal a wasted spring. Eyes half open, I recall the wonder. The magic of Santa, the taste of Fanta, 
Through memories I wander. I want to shun this autumn where all my leaves are falling. A sour dessert with lots of hurt. I ignore the winter calling. Okay, so um, you're talking about seasons. I'm guessing that reflects your life. Yeah, and times of the day, the morning being childhood, and courses of meals. I, I talk about the dessert as well near the end. Okay, yeah. That's strange, isn't it? We, we don't want to be in the winter or the evening of our life, but I like the winter and the evening and pudding. Yeah, well, I noticed earlier you mentioned wonder and wander, um, but you can't have that as a rhyme, surely? It's the same word, really. No, it's not. Spelled differently. That's clever. Written down. Oh, people would love it. Yeah, it sounds lazy. And then, at the, and then at the end, you say, I ignore the winter calling. Are you trying to cheat death? No, just trying to avoid growing old. We need to keep that magic in our lives, don't we? You know, refusing to wear slacks at the age of 50. Rebel against conformity and what's expected of us. Skip down the aisles of the supermarket. Eat blancmange like no one's watching. All right, what, what are you going on about? Just saying, you know, live for the moment. Okay, well, maybe you should do a philosophy podcast then. Some sort of one of those self-help things. But, you know, I think maybe you need it more than anyone else. Maybe it could be... Some people have said this is therapy for me. Maybe that could be therapy for you. Do a podcast talking rubbish. That's not very nice, is it? That's precisely the sort of thing that's going to get more criticism for you. Right, well, next week we've got Wasting Love, so hopefully you've got something passionate and exciting for that. Yeah, I'll try. Oh, can I say thank you to Liam and Daniel? Because they bought my book on Ko-Fi this week. So thanks very much for that. Really grateful that people are buying it still. Okay, well, yeah, thanks for that then. So uh, I'll speak next week. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, a few other places. Uh, I've got a Ko-Fi page as well, which Trevor alluded to. Uh, so thank you for your support there. Uh, you can leave tips and there's extra content, a few other things, the shop feature. And uh, yeah, the link's in the show notes. I did have another message this week um, talking about the Osborne book of growing up. And I know someone at the start didn't want me to mention that in particular during this episode. But if other people mention it, I've got to have a um, and they said, based on a few episodes back, I mentioned that infamous story where I stretched one out on the back seat of a bus. And of course, I was referring to an inlay card. But they said I could have used that as a link to get Adrian Smith to read the extract on page 29 on the Osborne book of growing up, which sort of was about this. Now, I had a look at this, and of course, there's nothing in the book about buying a tape and reading the inlay card on the back of a bus. But I looked at page 29, and I can see what he's getting at. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get Adrian to read that because I don't think it had got very far because I don't want that on the podcast, even though the book was aimed at 9 to 11-year-olds or whatever. Um, I still don't think it's appropriate. We need to talk about Iron Maiden more. So Childhood's End, then, it sort of follows the same pattern as the previous album. We've had two good songs at the start, two standard, up-tempo, normal-sounding Iron Maiden songs, which had single potential if they weren't already singles. Then the third track, we had a change of pace, a welcome change of pace, you might say. Um, slightly different mood, with no prayer for the dying on the previous album, and afraid to shoot strangers here. So, they sort of parallel. But then I'd also say, the next two songs also are similar on both albums, in that they're quite forgettable, sort of nothing special. And Childhood's End is just that, 
nothing special. I'd say there are weaker songs on the album, songs that I'm more passionate about, in my annoyance, like From Here to Eternity, which I've already talked about, but at least that raises an emotion, even a negative one. At least I remember it and, and feel something for it. Whereas Childhood's End, I don't really feel anything. It's forgettable, and maybe that should annoy me more. Maybe that should make it a lesser song than From Here to Eternity, but at least there's no bits that I really cringe over. But it's just not very good. I'm not sure what I'd give it, maybe a 6 out of 10. You know, that's, I can't even think of a pudding that I'd feel this way about. Most puddings I have a feeling for. So I can't really carry on comparing the two albums of the 90s so far because there's more songs on this one. So whatever happened on track 6 on No Prayer for the Dying perhaps won't happen on the track 6 that I'm going to cover next week, which is Wasting Love. So find out what I think about that. So thanks for tuning in for this episode. Sorry it's a short one. That probably reflects the song, doesn't it? So anyway, yeah, see you next time. And thanks for listening to this and your support. Bye-bye.